You're listening to Jewish Matters with Rabbi Jonathan Feldman. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Jewish Matters podcast. We are doing Kabbalah 101. And tonight we're going to talk about Kabbalah and astrology. Is my fate in the stars? And there's sometimes where we feel like our lives are unfolding and there's a certain destiny to it. We meet certain people, we're pushed towards certain jobs, we meet a certain uh, significant other, and we feel like we're not controlling it, like something was meant to be, like it was destined. So do we believe in, in a fate? Do we de- believe in something predetermined? And this leads us to the question of astrology. Can we look at some kind of system or at the stars to try and figure out what that unfolding pattern is going to be? Now, they say that the astrology section of the newspaper is the most popular section. I guess it depends which newspaper you're reading. But uh, astrology has been very popular. In the 1930s, it got a big resurgence. Uh, In the 1980s, at the end of uh, Reagan's presidency, when he was uh, on the early stages of dementia, uh, it was known that Nancy Reagan was managing a lot of his affairs, and it turned out that she was consulting, primarily consulting her astrologer. So it seems like the United States was run according to an astrological reading. Uh, In 2012, there was a big upheaval. Uh, The Mayan calendar predicted that it would be the end of the world, and as we know, it did not happen. So what does Judaism have to say about all this, about astrology? On the face of it, in the book of Deuteronomy, it says very clear. It says, Tamim You should be pure, perfect, just with God. And then it goes on to say, and do not try to uh, predict times, and do not try and see the signs and omens like the other nations do. So on the face of it, it seems that Judaism totally rejects it, rejects astrology. However, there are many Kabbalistic texts that do talk about astrology. Uh, If you go to uh, downtown Manhattan and you look on the roof of the Bialystok Synagogue on the Lower East Side, you will see the 12 zodiac signs. Uh, They're also found in some of the ancient mosaics in the synagogues found in Israel. And you could say that There are 12 signs, the 12 months, the 12 tribes. Uh, Some of the systems line this up. And you even have certain themes that you see overlapping, which are, for instance, Gemini, Libra, the balance, is right around September, right around the high holiday time when we are judged. Uh, Nachmanides says that Aries, which is in the spring, is the month of Nisan. However... Uh, the Jews slaughtered the Paschal Lamb to uh, destroy, to undo the power of Ares. So what's most puzzling is that the Talmud has an entire page which talks about astrology, and we'll get to that. We'll talk about it. And uh, particularly Sefer Yitzirah, the oldest book of Kabbalah, as we've mentioned, attributed back to Abraham, according to some, also speaks about astrology. Now, the word for 
Astrology for the signs in Hebrew is Mazalot. We've all probably heard of Mazal Tov, which really means, what is Mazal? It comes from the word Zol, which is a flow, which is saying that may the flow of energy from above be a propitious, positive one. That's what we're asking for. But it's kind of saying, get the good Mazal, not the bad Mazal. So, uh, so there's a debate in the Talmud. And the Talmud in Shabbat 156 says it quotes first from the notebooks of Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi. It's interesting how it says it quotes from his notebook. And it doesn't say it's a uh, received teaching from a teacher before. And this might lead us to believe that uh, the question is, is astrology authentically Jewish from the Torah or from the Kabbalah? Or it seemed to have emerged, according to some, around the time of the Babylonian exile. And the many attribute its origins to ancient Persia. So was it that the Jews got some of the system from the Persians? Or you could speculate the opposite. When the Jews went to Persia, they brought the system with them, and then it was adopted there. So, very interesting question. Now, uh, the system, according to the Talmud, works in two different ways. One of the system works according to the um, days of the week. And it says, depending upon the day of the week, for instance, uh, if a person is... Uh, born on the second day of the week, they'll be bad-tempered. Why? Because the waters were divided then. They'll be mercurial. Okay? But if you're born on the fourth day when the luminaries were uh, created, that person will be a benevolent person. Okay? So that's one opinion, uh, Rabbi Ashi. But Rabbi Hanina talked about uh, times of the day that the mazalot go according to the hour, not the day. Now, in his commentary to Sefi Yitzirah, to the Book of Formation, Rabbi Aryeh Kaplan talks about the system presented originally in Kabbalah. And the system works upon seven planets. Uh, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, which are not visible from the human eye, are not included in the system. And by the way... Um, Pluto's been kicked out of being a planet. Anyway, so that leaves seven planets. The Sun, the Moon, uh, Mars, Mercury, Jupiter, and Venus. Now, the lineup works, according to Rabbi R. Kaplan's quoting the sources, depending upon the day of the week, starting with the Nightfall, which is the beginning of the Jewish day, the first hour of the day that has the hour of that planet means that planet's energy will dominate. And it actually starts with the sun on Wednesday night, which is Thursday, which is the beginning of the Jewish week. And then each hour is another planet. And then you start again uh, with seven-hour cycles. Now, we're probably all more familiar with the system that looks at the day, not at the night. So if you look at the first hour of the day, which days correspond to which planet? So sure enough, Sunday corresponds to the sun. Monday corresponds to the moon. Tuesday corresponds to Mars. 
How can Tuesday be Mars? So if you know any French, Mar- Tuesday is Mardi from Mars. Wednesday is Mercredi, which is Mercury. Thursday is Jeudi, which is Jupiter. And Friday is Vendredi, which is Venus. So in fact, in the French, and Saturday is Saturn. So in, in, in fact, in the French, the days of the week line up with the names. The English names of Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, actually Friday, come from Nordic Germanic names. So we don't have to get into that too much. So the question is, um, how can we posit this, according to Judaism, if it tells us not to be involved in these systems? So first I would say that actually Maimonides rejects astrology completely. He said it's, as we call it, babamises, it's not true, it's idolatrous practices that have no truth and no substance to them, and he rejects the system completely. However, that's more the philosophical tradition, and in many things Maimonides winds up being the minority opinion. And so, uh, let's continue, and then what does he do with the entire page of Talmud that speaks about uh, astrology? So this is the question. Now, the, uh, the question is, why should a planet affect my nature, who I am, what's going to happen to me, how my life is going to unfold, which qualities I embody. And that according to the Sefer system, if the day of the week has a certain energy and then it corresponds to one of the seven divine spherot and you find the hour when that planet is, you can line up different energies and that will be propitious, for instance, for wisdom, which you find the day for wisdom, the hour when the planet connected to that is going to occur on that day and you pray for wisdom at that time, seemingly, you could align things. So what is it about the planets? Rabbi Ari Kaplan, in a different work, uh, the work, the volume was published posthumously called Immortality, Resurrection, and the Age of the Universe. And by the way, we've quoted Rabbi Ari Kaplan before. If you're looking for an uh, understanding of Kabbalah, or really any era of Judaism, his books are a definite go-to. So Rabbi Ari Kaplan, in an article called Stars and Angels, and this is how he understands it. Now, we see already in Judaism that the planets do have an impact, right? The Jewish holidays are on the 15th of the month, Sukkot and Passover, when you have the full moon. Uh, We have prayers that we say when there's a new moon. We definitely are conscious of the planet and even their energy and their impact. So that's the first dimension. Now, on a physical level also, uh, the tides are influenced by the planets, but also police precincts will tell you that they're much busier on the nights of a full moon, not because of werewolves who sprout uh, hair on their palms, but simply because people are just more, their energy is different, they're more hyper. Uh, on the, uh, depending upon the cycles of the moon. So Rabbi Ari Kaplan explains it this way. He says that spiritual energies right, can uh, come down into this world, and this is what we call angels. God set up a system. We have addressed this question of before. If God is one, if God is unified, how do we have multiplicity in the world? And it's through these 
uh, in a sense, divine systems that are set up, this metaphysics, if you will, a physics that is not physical, that is energy, uh, that is spiritual energies. And so uh, next, uh, we'll have the opportunities to talk about angels, which are those spiritual energies. But uh, spiritual energies cannot uh, be as connected to each other if they are in a purely spiritual form. So the way it works is that different energies are connected to different planets. If you will, each planet has a, uh, an angel. And depending upon the different connections, proximity of the physical planets, the different spiritual energies will interact with each other in various combinations of ways. So that's how he understands it, that it's not some kind of magic system. It's the energies connected, the spiritual, everything in the physical world has a spiritual dimension. So the physical planets will have a spiritual energy to it. And the multitude of, of combinations of the planets will have moments in the day or in the week or in the month or the month of the year when those energies are more, are stronger, are more powerful. And the moment of birth is particularly a propitious time when those energies impact us. So that's the spiritual understanding of kind of the system behind it. Now, and this is key. So the Talmud records a debate. And in the debate, uh, the debate is whether yesh mazal Israel. So the first opinion, Rabbi Chinina says, uh, that yesh mazal Israel. The Jewish people do have mazal. The Jewish people are subject to planetary influence. And he says planetary influence can give us wisdom, can give us wealth. And it, the Jewish people stand under the planetary influence. However, and by the way, in the Talmud Moed Katan 28a, that was from Shabbat 156. It also says there that three things dependent upon mazal. Lifespan, offspring, and sustenance. So, is our life just predetermined? Is it worth all the effort? And what about the fundamental principle of free will that the Torah sets down? So, Rabbi Yochanan is, disagrees with Rabbi Hanina, and he maintains that the Jewish Ein mazal Israel. There is no mazal. There is no planetary influence for the Jewish people. And he brings the story of Abraham coming to God, saying, "God, I see in the stars that I will not be having children." Abraham knew many of the ancient wisdoms. He was a spiritual seeker before he came to his uh, monotheism and relationship to the one God. He explored other systems. And he said, God, I see I'm not going to have children. And it said uh, that God took him outside. The Talmud quotes the verse. Now, the simple meaning of the verse is God told him to come out of his tent and look at the stars. But the Talmud understands the verse in a level of Jerush. God took him outside of the constellations, above the stars. And so Abraham was able to look down on the stars. And God said, you will have a child from your own loins, from yourself. And, uh, and then the Talmud says something very strange. God rearranged the stars to make it so that Abraham's mazal should be 
that that in fact would be his destiny. But the main point from the story is that we can break out of our destiny by connecting to the Almighty through our trust in God, our service of God, our prayer. We can break out of the system because the astrological system is the lowest. It's called the sublunar world. That's the lowest of the spiritual levels. We talked about the Sfirot and the four worlds of emanation through the world of action. And the or Sof, the light from above. There are many spiritual worlds above the astrological one. So to focus too much on the astrological one is pigeonholing us into one which isn't even the decisive one. So there's a story, kind of have a good Talmudic story related, that Rabbi Akiva uh, was told by an astrologer that his daughter would die on the day of her wedding. Now there's several interesting points about this. First of all, didn't say he went to the astrologer. The astrologer told him, so what do I now do with this information? So he did not cancel the wedding. He did not suspend the wedding. And uh, the story was that his daughter, after the wedding, uh, when she was taking off uh, her jewelry, she stuck her brooch between the cracks in the wall. I guess uh, if you didn't have a jewelry box, that's what you would do in ancient times when the, the, the stones were, uh, were not all cemented together. And the next morning she pulled out her brooch and there was a dead snake on it. And Rabbi Kiva saw in this that sure enough, the mazal was that she was going to die on her wedding day. She was going to be bit by the snake, but she was saved. And he says, tell me, what did you do to deserve this, to be saved, to change your mazal? And she thought, and she said, so imagine the scene, right? You're at the Pierre Hotel and you're having your five-star wedding and you're sitting on the dais on the elevated table and you're looking out over all your guests. In the corner of your eye, you see in the doorway, what we call uh, someone collecting for charity. Uh, down and out person, very clearly not dressed up to the occasion. So some people might call the waiter over, say, get security and escort this man out. She saw that no one was going up to him. So she took her plate, walked over to him, said, you must be hungry, please come, please be my guest sat him down at a table and gave him dinner. And Rabbi Kiva says, sure enough, tzedakah saves from death. Tzedakah tatzil mimavis. So her giving the charity was the merit that broke her out of her mazal, out of her destiny, out of her astrological destiny. And so you see that you can be broken out of. On the other hand, the next story is, that there's a boy and the astrologers said he was going to be a thief. He was going to have a propensity towards stealing. So his mother always kept his head covered, which is an interesting, much to say about that and wearing a yarmulke for another time. She always kept his head covered. One day he was tired, so he lay down in a field under a tree for shade and he fell asleep and his head covering fell off. Now head covering is to remind us of God above. Uh, Yamaka comes from Yara Malka, fear of the Almighty, awe before God, and it fell. His head covering fell off. He looked up. He saw the delicious fruit. He was hungry, and he grabbed the fruit and ate it. So 
there we see as well that he did wind up falling into his, uh, into his mazal. But from the way the Talmud explains it, the conclusion seems to be, Ein mazal Yisrael, which doesn't mean there's no mazal, there's no astrology. It means we can overcome it, we can break out of it, we can go beyond it. And so uh, that's the good news. Now, what about using astrology? And I used to have some interest in astrology books, and if you read them, uh, I am, by the way, it's not just enough to see your sun sign, I'm a Virgo, I'm kind of have that male Virgo, kind of very rational, uh, a little cautious, uh, planned out, and but my moon is in Pisces, which is the opposite, which is more flowy, more emotional, more spirit internal. So um, I used to see that, in, you know, and when you read the books and you look at your friends and you try to profile them, understand their personalities, you do see some elements of astrology that do seem to line up. So there are uh, Jews religious Jews who will give you astrological readings based upon uh, some dimension of Torah wisdom, although some of them I think use uh, the 12-month, 12-sign system, not the seven-one found in the Kabbalah. And the principle is this, that one is not allowed to use it to predict the future, but one could use it to gain insights into one's nature and who we are and into our proclivities, and to be able to have better insight to work with that. So those would be the parameters under which we could get involved with astrology. Um, there are commentaries that say that, however, it's not just a simple science, that the person doing the reading needs to have a certain divine insight, a type of Ruach HaKodesh, that they would need in order to really get insight into who a person is. And um, there is a famous Midrash that uh, one of the astrologers, this is in the Talmud Sota 12b, one of the astrologers saw that Moshe, Moses would, sorry, that the savior of the Jewish people would be judged, die through water. And that's when Pharaoh had all the Jewish boys thrown into the river and killed the infants. And as we know, Moshe was saved. And uh, sure enough, though, uh, when Moshe hit the rock to bring out the water, when the Jewish people were lacking water and Moshe tried to bring the people water, that was the incident around water over which it was decreed Moshe should not enter the land of Israel and that he would die outside the land. So we see that the parameters of the astrologers was somewhat on, but the details unfolded in a different manner. So this is why one has to be uh, wary of this. Uh, there are some Kabbalists who will give a person insight into who they are, they also connect it with the Hebrew name. Um, there are different systems. However, the main point to remember is this, that as a Jewish people, when we connect to God and we connect to the Torah, we have the ability spiritually to break out of our mazal, out of our predestined 
unfolding of events, even out of our nature, and to overcome the elements which might be predisposed to. And so, Ein Mazal Yisrael, uh, we have to always remember that and use our spiritual strengths to direct ourselves in the direction that we want to go, not just allow our fate to unfold. Have a good evening, and uh, you can find the Jewish Matters podcast with these talks afterwards on Spotify, Apple, and Google.